At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus this is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden, and we're going to have one Ian Sinclair from Play Colorado and Mile High Report coming on. I'm with Vison, of course. If you're just joining the podcast, you're a new listener. Welcome. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. We've got a lot to get to. Front Range Four, four biggest sports stories on the Front Range. A lot of Broncos today, obviously. Also want to get a little college football report in there. And then we'll talk with um, Ian St. Clair. Play Colorado, playcolorado.com again. And um, with Mile High Report. Dude's great. We'll share some thoughts on the roster cuts. And uh, I, I also discussed a Patrick Sertan prop with him. And we came up with a bet. So I, I, inter- I had the interview first. And now I'm going back and taping this. So we collectively came up with another Patrick Sertan bet. But... My first official play of the 2022 Broncos season was taking a long shot on Sertan to win Defensive Player of the Year at 101. You could still get that. Get that at Bet Rivers, okay? Uh, this is number one in the front range four, and we're going to talk some Broncos bets. Here's my second play of the year. So I'm thinking last night. We got the Seahawks, six-and-a-half-point dogs to the Broncos. And the lines on Bet Rivers, you can find them simply. Uh, you can get six Minus 112, Broncos minus 6 at minus 112. Uh, Seahawks minus 109 at plus 6. Plus 6.5, it's minus 118. I like that 6.5, and and I'll tell you why in a second. Seahawks plus 205 money line, Broncos minus 265. 42 is the total, juice minus 110, both sides. I think the Broncos are going to beat the Seahawks. I just don't think they're going to beat them by 7 or more, okay? There are other ways to attack this game. Do not bet the money line. Because if you bet money lines and you consistently do it, you're going to be a loser over the course of the season. Long-term CLV, when you're betting minus 265s, okay, you got to get three of those right to have a profit, okay? Yeah, to have a small, to barely break even. You lose one of those bets, you're in the hole, man. You are in the hole, and it's tough to get out of it. So please don't be betting the money line at 265. I... I even if it hits this week, if this is a one-time, you want to say, okay, it's a one-time thing, fine, I'll get that. But don't bet money lines at, at minus 265. I mean, my juice threshold is 135. I see some going up in the 160 range. Maybe you can make a case for that. Don't bet them at minus 265. There's other ways of attacking it. Because this game opened at minus 190, by the way. Minus 190 money line for the Broncos, bet up to minus 265. This is a great teaser game. 
because you'll be going from six and a half to basically a pick them six point teaser if you're not familiar with teasers you take two or more teams and um you take six points on the spread and you make it more favorable for you so minus six and a half for the broncos turns into minus half a point which is basically a pick them which is a money line only way you lose is if they tie highly doubtful that happens so i think it is a good teaser game and i think it'll be very popular you could pair them with a number of teams uh broncos minus a half with the niners minus one at chicago i don't love betting road teams but minus one ravens minus one at the jets colts minus two at houston and really you could tease the steelers up to 12 and a half against the bengals so the bengals are six and a half point favorites throw the six there you got the seahawks minus a half or you got the Broncos minus a half and the Steelers plus 12 and a half. That's a big spread to cover for the Bengals. By the way, Seattle was a dog of five points or higher only seven times in Russell Wilson's 10 years with the team. Think, so, think about that for a second, huh? It's how much he meant to that organization. First time in 11 years, no Russell Wilson in Seattle. Although he's going to be there. He's going to be there with the Broncos. Let's start with a trend, though. Why did I take? I already bet this. Why did I take the Seahawks at plus six and a half? Well, let's start with the trend. Last 360 teams, 360 game sample. Last 360 with a six and a half point favorite. They've wanted a 53.9% clip. That's a pretty, 54% basically is a huge clip. Six and a half minus is at 46%. So when you're backing a team as a six and a half point favorite, exactly six and a half, you're hitting at only a 46% clip. It's not good odds. That's a big enough sample for me to look at it and say, hmm, this is across all teams, not just one team, all teams. Number two, Seattle's a tough place to play, folks. Uh, they're going to go bananas when the Broncos have the ball. They love Russell Wilson, but they will be cheering vociferously against him. And Seattle might be the home, the best home field advantage in the NFL. It's great here in Denver. I think Kansas City has a say there. As far as the outdoor teams, Seattle, Kansas City, any dome can get really loud, especially down in New Orleans. Uh, number three, Pete Carroll. Let's face it, this dude knows Russell Wilson better than almost anybody in the league. He knows Wilson's strengths. He knows his weaknesses. And that can only help the Seahawks. Number four, Drew Lockett starting. I actually would look a lot more closer at taking the, the Broncos uh, minus six and a half if Drew Locke was starting. I'd throw all that trend right out of there just because Drew Locke is so bad. You know, Geno Smith is competent. He's a fine backup, and he doesn't turn the ball over very much, and he has a very good connection with DK Metcalf. Let's see Sertan take him away, and then they can worry about uh, Lockett, but I just, Geno Smith to me will play it safe and I don't see a lot of turnovers there. Jets fans that remember Geno Smith will say, are you kidding me? But he was pretty good with the Seahawks last year. And then finally, the Broncos starting unit will be playing in a game for the first time together. Both sides of the ball, but specifically offensively, are they going to be as explosive? Are they going to be as efficient as they can be? I'm not so sure they will be, at least early on in the game. I want to go back to Geno just real quick. Smith played well. Five touchdowns, one interception, 68% completion percentage, and three starts, and a relief roll against the Rams last year. So Smith didn't do too much. He wasn't asked to do much. He took 13 sacks. Their offensive line isn't great, but I think a slower pace, a lot of running from both sides, maybe a couple play-action hits from Russell Wilson. Broncos win this game. I just don't think it's by a touchdown or more. That was number one on the front range four. Four biggest sports stories on the front range. Number two on the front range four will be the 53-man roster thoughts that I have here. First off, no claims awarded to the Broncos. None of their cut players were claimed. So they didn't claim anybody, and they didn't have any of their cut players claimed. So Michael Ojemudia and Dulcich are going to IR. Purcell, Mike Purcell, Eric Tomlinson are going to replace them. But... The roster's pretty much set, right? Kendall Hinton cleared waivers. He'll likely resign to the Broncos practice squad. By the way, he's got more catches than Tyreek Cleveland 
Montreal Washington and Jalen Virgil combined. But again, I just think, you know, uh, what does he have over the younger guys? Well, Cleveland's a special team standout. Washington's the returner. And Virgil, a little bit of a surprise here, but again, speed, faster, quicker than Kendall Hinton. Had a good, uh, tr- had a good preseason too, besides for that stupid fumble on special teams. Um, and really the only surprise to me is that Virgil made the team. I had Seth Williams over Virgil. Williams might get signed somewhere else, um, might go to a practice squad somewhere else, but there's just great depth in that wide receiver room. There really is. Yeah, they're missing Tim Patrick. There's some guys that could step up, whether it be Hamler or maybe, maybe Virgil does something that surprises us. Hamler, KJ Hamler, he looked pretty damn good. Now he's healthy in that one preseason game. Uh, Mike Purcell and Tomlinson. Let's talk about them for a second. They will be back on the 53-man later today. So that's interesting. And then the Broncos, here's a little concern of mine, right tackle. Billy Turner, Calvin Anderson, Cam Fleming. Now Turner was signed to be the starter because he knows Hackett very well. He did play here before, but he's been out most of camp. Now, George Payton said he's encouraged with Billy and the strides he's taken the last couple of weeks. I do think he has a good chance to be ready week one. I know he wants to play. If not, we feel good about our depth. Well, yeah, but Billy Turner to me, you throw him in there, and then all of a sudden, uh, this offensive line unit goes from being a good line to like a really good line given the system that they're in. And, uh, and then the other thing was the, the punter. Waitman. Takes the job over Martin. Peyton said Martin's salary had nothing to do with the move. I don't understand how that is. Um, But, you know, Waitman has had two games, seven punts. And this is a special teams that needs a lot of improvement from where they were. (laughs) That's, you know what? That might be an understatement. This is just about as bad as special teams you're going to see around the league. So a new punter. Uh, I do like the fact that they traded Malik Reed, though. There are some, and I have heard this, that... Hey, you can't have enough pass rushers. But I think the emergence of Baron Browning makes it just fine. Good trade. Get rid of Reed. You got rid of a seventh rounder. You get a sixth rounder instead. Doesn't seem like a big deal. I think it's just another nice little move by Peyton. Add those draft picks up. Add them up. That was number two on the front range four. Number three on the front range four. Four biggest sports stories on the front range. How about a Bet Rivers season-long prop? The player props have been up for a little bit. Uh, again, I'll be talking with Ian St. Clair about a Patrick Sertan interceptions prop in just a little bit, but Cortland Sutton props have been up for a little bit. His receiving yards at 925 and a half. That's minus 124. His touchdowns five and a half at minus 112 to the over and the under. This is Russell Wilson's number one option in the passing game in camp. And he's talked about it. Uh, 2019, you look back at the numbers, I kind of feel like, and it wasn't as good a quarterback situation as Russell Wilson. I feel like that's the floor right there for Sutton this year. 72 catches, 1,112 yards, and six touchdowns. That's with bad quarterback play. So to me, the floor for Cortland Sutton this year, stay healthy, play 15, 16 games. You get 1,100 yards out of him. That is a way over. You see the juice too at minus 124, way over. Six touchdowns. Touchdowns are, there's a lot of variance there. I'd be careful betting touchdowns. Is Sutton going to be the big option in the red zone? That's my question. Are they going to use others? And Tim Patrick is gone. They're going to use him. But if Sutton gets used in the, in the end zone, he leads this team in that category. You can flirt with 10 touchdowns. Touchdowns, not a bet I'm really down with. Uh, six, it's five and a half. I think it's set perf- perfectly you would think there's a correlation between receiving yards and touchdowns, but there's really not. It has more to do with your touches in the red zone, inside the five, and in the end zone. By the way, Russell Wilson averaged 6.3 yards per attempt when he targeted DK Metcalf last season. And I think Hackett's going to air it out even more with Wilson here. A lot of play action, a lot of deep shots. Cortland Sutton over. He's going to have over 1,000 yards. Touchdowns vacillate too much, but give me over 925 and a half. Let's book it. I guess I just came up with another bet. I just talked myself into another bet. Who knows? Tons of bets here. That was number three in the front range. Four, 
Let's go to some college football. Kick off college football with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Join Bet Rivers every Saturday of the college football season for a 20% parlay profit boost of at least three legs. We got new promotions and props every day. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. It's a whole new game. Got to be 21. Got to be located in Colorado. And if you have a gambling problem, please, please call 800 522 4700. All right, let me get a quick. Quick note or two in on college football and the money report that we have here. Colorado, 14-point dogs to TCU in the opener. 80% of the money, 70% of the bets are on TCU to cover that 14. 92% of the money is on the over 55 and a half. So just to look at where the public is right now, 70% of the bets, that means some heavy money came in on TCU and that 14, that minus 14. The money, as far as the over goes, everybody thinks it's going over 55 and a half. So I'll let you make that decision. Hard lean to the minus 14 for TCU. And I'm sorry I'm going against these uh, local teams here. I'm not really going against the Broncos because I think they're going to win. I just don't think they'll cover. As far as Colorado goes, everybody knows they're going to get waxed, right? Like even Buffs fans know they're getting waxed here. Uh, The other game, I'll be watching some of this. CSU, Rams visiting Michigan. Wolverines, 30 and a half point home favorites. You know, it's crazy. A lot, most of the time, these favorites of 30 or more points, they end up covering. The Wolverines are taking 84% of the bets and 83% of the money. Pretty consistent there. Total is 61 and a half. New head coach, Jade Norville. He's going to have a brand new team. They were three and nine last year. They got transfers, recruits, and 59 new players on the team in 2022. Friday, Justin Michael, he covers the Rams. He's going to join me. We're going to break that game down and come up with the best bet. But next, speaking of best bets, Ian St. Clair, thoughts on the 53-man roster. For some reason, he brought up Tim Tebow. Yeah, that was rough. And we come up with a Patrick Sertan bet. So stick around. The Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers, continues. Kickoff football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook all season long. Bet Rivers is your go-to sportsbook for all football-related content. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. You must be 21. Got to be located in Colorado, and if you have a gambling problem, please call. 1-800-522-4700. All right, he's here, and he's wearing his Denver Zephyrs t-shirt. What was your joke about the Denver Zephyrs and baseball in Colorado? It was the last time there was a baseball team here. <laughs> I mean, it's only been 15 years since the Rockies went to the World Series, my friend. Settle down. so much longer than that. <laughs> yeah, and when was the last time the uh, Denver Zephyrs won anything? Well, it's been forever since Decades. they've been here. But yeah. the reason I say that is because I've, I've said this before. One of the most valuable things that I have down here in my man cave is the autographed uh, Gary Sheffield Denver Zephyrs pennant. Dude, that's so cool. How long is he here for? One season? Yeah. He's a Brewers affiliate, yeah. right? At that point, yes. That is a long time ago. Do you play fantasy football? Here, I'm just going to throw another thing out of left field. Yes, I do. You do. I do. Now, how many teams? Now, when I was just in the fantasy football space, and this is years ago, I would do 15 to 20 leagues. I think 27 was my record. Uh, And that's just way too much. Uh, These days, it's more betting, daily fantasy sports, and I'm down to two leagues. One of which is free, the Scott Fishbowl, and the other one I've been in this league for almost 20 years. So what is your... What what's your portfolio right now in fantasy football? Just one league, and I played it. I play in it with my wife. She is the better fantasy football player. She's actually won this league, I think, at three times, and I think she won it back to back years. So I'm trying to catch up to her, but it's just one league. I there's just no way on on top of the the NFL betting that I do that I could do multiple fantasy leagues. How long until? most of these fantasy football people that sign up to play in their office realize that betting is more fun. I think you're going to start seeing it over the next year or two. 
I, especially in states that legalize it. I mean, in, in New York, I run playny.com. This is going to be the first year for NFL betting for legalized New York sports betting. So mm. I think you're going to see an influx of fantasy players, like you say, and we've talked about this, how props are eventually going to overtake sides and totals in terms of betting. And that's because of the influx of fantasy players. They're going to realize that they've done their research for fantasy football. Well, now, I mean, most fantasy leagues are money. So if you win it, you get money, but you, you have to wait until the end of the season with betting. If you do it right, you could win that weekend. And I think people are going to start realizing that. And the research that they've put in, why not put it into betting too? That's It really is fascinating how this thing is going to evolve. We're all excited about it. I will say this, though. There have been uh, two sports betting content providers that I have approached. And we've just talked about player props, and they still don't think it's worth covering. I'm not kidding. And maybe it's just not big enough yet. I, I completely disagree with it. And obviously I'm the one that's trying to push this along. Uh, I'll be doing a player prop show for run pure bets, but for the most part, not even the media companies have hopped on yet. It's ridiculous. And I don't understand it because anytime you look at social media, what are the sports books tweeting out? These ridiculous, they're, they're coming up with these, insane ways to say, oh, the last the last leg of your parlay. And they have some accident trip gif that tries to illustrate what happens when you do a same game parlay. And it's always that one leg that doesn't hit. Well, you would think that based on the amount of same game parlay stuff that we get on social media, props are involved in that. It's just, I, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. Props are the way to go. Props are the way that sports betting is going to be. Yeah. This isn't this isn't Biff Tannen betting sides and totals because he has the gray sports almanac. Now that New York has player props and Jersey's going to have player props, I think this is the last year that people are going to go, oh, player props, we're not going to mess with that. Because once, once it catches on in New York, it seems like the rest of the country catches on to things. That's just the way yeah. it is. And that's why New Yorkers are so elitist. They think that it's so much and anything. Else, they have that stupid uh, painting or whatever it is. There's New York, there's the five bird, and then there's everything else there. <laughs> but I, I really think that that is what's going to get it going. Like this year, people are going to start playing player props for the first time. And everybody that is passing up content for this is going to be playing catch up. Exactly. And, I, and look at the Bills. You have multiple players on that team that are going to be – nothing is a lock in sports betting, but are going to be pretty reliable on what they do. You have Josh Allen. You mm -hmm. have Stefan Diggs. I think Gabriel Davis. If you talk about fantasy football, if you're in a salary cap league, in our league, Gabriel Davis is, an, is only a $2 million receiver. Are you kidding me? He's going to go off this year. So that's another guy that you can do props on. They have multiple running backs. You have Von Miller. You have a Bills defense that's going to be very good. So you mentioned New York. There's going to be people jumping all over Bills props. Yeah. Well, I'm not even talking about upstate New York. I'm talking about New York, New York. Well, I think even New York, New York is going to be the, the, what they have the Jets and the Giants. <laughs> They're going to want to bet the Bills. <laughs> Ah, I love it. I love it. I'm just so excited. Um, and, and listen, we, we still got a shot to beat the books. They're not, they're not going to take it seriously until I think content providers start taking it seriously. And then they're getting so much money on it that they're going to start getting burned and they have to pay more attention. So 100%. again, it's just disappointing. Well, it's not it's disappointing because you're going to be able to win money. Well, I mean, it's disappointing that uh, content providers are not jumping on. But again, I guess I'm my own content provider. So well, I will be doing player props here. And on, on what? We're, we're doing that at playny.com. We have a Bills prop page that is specific for Bills. And we're going to be doing uh, props and same game parlays for primetime games that the Bills and any New York team is playing in. So yeah. we're jumping on that because we know this is the wave of the future. Um. So... Let me just throw a player prop at you then, because I'll be doing it every week here. We'll have Broncos player props, other player props, and again, Run Pure Bets player props. That's my other gig, runpurebets.com. I'm um, invested in it. 
Uh, Cortland Sutton, 925 and a half yards, minus 124, over, under. Over. Five and a half TDs, minus 112, over, under. Easily over. Wow. How many yards does our boy Javante get this year? Does he get to the 1,000-yard mark? Yes. I think he's You're gonna... just betting overs everywhere. Well, I, I just think that's how good this offense can be. I mean, it, you have Russell Wilson now, and you look at the speed that Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton kept with the receivers. I mean, you have uh, Montrell Williams. You have Jalen Virgil. I mean, these guys are speed guys. You have K.J. Hamler coming back. And I think K.J. I've, – I've said this to you from the outset from when they got Russell Wilson. I think K.J. Hamler is Tyler Lockett. I think he is going to be that that weapon in this offense. And him coming back and getting and overcoming all the stuff that he went through, not just with his injury, but off the field with the loss of his grandmother and getting to the point where he contemplated suicide. And to be able to get back to where he is now, I think he is going to be incredibly motivated. And Russell Wilson is great at the deep ball. He's one of the best in football with it. So I think all of that just ties to an offense that's going to be really hard to stop. And I think Javante Williams is going to push 1,200 yards. I've seen estimates that he's going to get 65% of the touches. I've seen estimates he's going to get 50% of the touches. I think when it's all said and done, we're going to see between 55 and 60% go to Javante. I still don't think we see, we see anywhere near a bell cow. Bell cow to me, you're getting 75% of the touches. For me, if he hits 60% this year, that to me would be right slightly above where I've got him. I got him like right around 57, 58%. What do you got? It's going to be very interesting. I think it's going to be how, how do Justin Alton and Nathaniel Hackett utilize Javante Williams? Because I, if you look at all the stuff that was said about him coming out of the draft when he was coming out of North Carolina, he was compared to the best running backs in football. He is that three down back where he can legitimately do everything. He can do short yardage. He can do, he can bust one loose. He can break tackles like uh, Marshawn Lynch beast mode. Javante Williams has that capability. He's a receiver. He can block. So I think once they realize how good he is, I think I look at Aaron Jones and Green Bay. He can be that, but they still utilized A.J. Dillon last year. So you get a sense that even if they do have a back like Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones is one of the best running backs in football, they still didn't utilize him as a bell cow back. I think it's going to be something similar to that. But I think Javante Williams has the potential to be even better than Aaron Jones. I think that's how good Javante Williams is. But I think it's I, – I'm with you. I think it's going to be between 50 and 60%. I think anything over 60 is just not realistic based on how – you look at how they've utilized running backs in the system in the past. Well, again, I'll go back to my initial statement. I do not bet over running back props preseason just because of the injury attrition rate, right? Yeah. Now, he stays healthy 16 games. I think Javante gets over 925 and a half. Yeah. But now we're talking about the workload he's going to have. So you're a little more uncertain than I am because I think it's almost impossible to figure out what a new offensive coordinator and head coach are going to do here. But again, for those that are thinking he's going to get two-thirds of the touches, I just think you're wrong. Does he get 55%? Yes. Does he push 60? Maybe. But everything we're hearing is that Gordon's going to be, Melvin Gordon's going to be involved. And I also think Mike Boone might get a couple touches a game too. They love Mike Boone, and he was banged up last year. I actually think Mike Boone could eventually offset Melvin Gordon which will then mean that you're going to use Javante Williams more. I think Javante Williams is going to get 1,000 yards. I, to me, that's not a question. I think it's a matter of how high does he go above 1,000. And his touchdown props. I think Javante Williams is a guy that you can absolutely utilize in this zone block, in this zone, blo uh, zone block scheme that uh, Nathaniel Hackett utilizes. He can be that Terrell Davis, that Mike Anderson, that one cut and go running back. Javante Williams has that ability. That's why this offense is going to be so good, I think, because of the system. And the offensive line, you have guys who are perfect for this blocking scheme. Dalton Reisner's best year, as I've said before, was with 
was when Rich Scangarello, who's now at Kentucky, was the offensive coordinator. He utilized this system. Quinn Meniers is a is just a bully. The belly, he's going to be able to let it breathe in this system because it utilizes his strengths. So I, I just I, I think this offense is primed to just blow the roof off of games and get close to averaging. 27 to 30 points a game. I think that's how good this offense can be. It's going to be spectacular to, to watch his growth too. That's the other thing about yeah. Javante. We didn't see him that much last year because it was truly a 50, 50. And that's because touches. that's because of the antiquated Pat Shermer. I mean, he, yes. he just does not know how to coach offense. And he, he's one of those guys who did not shape his system for the players. He expected the players to fit to his system. And that just doesn't work. And it's a complete 180 now with Nathaniel Hackett. It is a complete 180 with Nathaniel Hackett at this point. You're right. You're right. Let's get into yesterday, though. And I want to start at quarterback. Doesn't surprise me no. that uh, Ripping got the backup job. Because we have we have got a new staff now. You want somebody with a little upside. And Johnson cleared waivers, so he's coming back anyways. Listen, you don't want to have to rely on a backup quarterback anyways. No. So if he needs to play a couple of games, <laughs> he said no. Of course not. But... I mean, if you're trying to get a 500 team without your starting quarterback, I think that's a nice little goal to have, right? I mean, this team was horrible with a backup co uh, quarterback last year, but still managed to be kind of a 500 team most of the season, right? So I'm fine with ripping here. I would have been fine with either choice, but I like the fact that at least they're getting a younger up-and-coming quarterback who actually was a bet. He was, wasn't he the Mountain, was he the Mountain West Conference Player of the Year? If he if he wasn't he he was he was right there he he came I think he beat Josh Allen out he he came from Boise State so yeah, yeah I, I and I I'll, I'll say this Brett Rippon is better than Drew Lock uh yes so I, I, I'm I, with you I, I like the upside and I think the reason he won the job is because of how the offense struggled and I don't think it's Josh Johnson's fault in that second preseason game against Buffalo. But I, I think Brett Rippon flashed a little bit more in that second half against Buffalo, and then he really played well in the first half against the Minnesota Vikings. So I, I think that was enough for Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton to say, Let, let's go with him. And But I agree. If they have to rely on Brett Rippon for more than a kneel down, it's not going to be a good season. No, it's not. Um, well, I say they can get away with two games. I say they can get away with two games as long as it's two bad teams. And then you got to split the two games if he's not playing. By the way, Rippon beat out Josh Allen in 2018 for Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Year. That's pretty incredible. So, Josh Allen, that's how great he can be yeah, if he that, gets coached up. Because Josh <laughs> Allen had a great year in 2018 with the Pokes. So yeah, that, that tells you what Rippon did with the Boise State Broncos. But I, I will say this. If Bubby Brisker can lead the Broncos to four games while John Elway was out in the second in the second of the Super Bowl runs in that 98-99 mm -hmm. season, Brett Rippon can do it because Bubby Brister was not exactly a rocket surgeon or a great quarterback back in the 90s. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think they're done. I, I don't I don't think they're cooked if they have to play Rippon a game or two. They're cooked if he needs three or four though. You know? But again, I, I still think this team is be based on running and defense. And now you have leadership with Russell Wilson and a guy that can air it out on play action, but in order to have play action, well, actually they kind of proved that wrong because you don't have to have the run to, to have play action, a successful play action, but you have one of the top two or three quarterbacks at play action, and he's got a top-shelf running game and hopefully a great defense. I will say this. I think the Broncos are one of the few offenses that, however they're played defensively, they can do it. If you load the box and, and try to stop the run, they're going to destroy you over the top. If you want to defend the pass and keep K.J. Hamler and Jerry Judy and Albert Akwegbunam and Cortland Sutton, they'll run the ball. They have yeah. the capability to do and defeat you however you want to defend them. Very interesting. Very interesting stuff that we got here, my friend. Uh, also, other Mountain West players of the year, Rashad Penny, first-round pick with the Seahawks, will be uh, – We'll be seeing him unless he gets hurt again before this first one. Uh, Derek Carr, 
a two-time winner of the year, and Andy Dalton, a two-time winner of the year. There's actually been some pretty damn good players that come out of there. Alex Smith, it's impressive. I actually covered Andy Dalton. What happened to Bradley Van Pelt? Ooh, I remember Bradley Van. He he won two times he, he, at CSU. That was that, that was some fun football too. That that when he spiked the football on the Buffs defender when he went into the end zone, at then I believe it was in Vesco Field at Mile High at that point. Good. He was a He's backup. A, he was a backup quarterback for Jake Plummer. I yeah. I, I like Bradley Van. He was a fun. He was a fun quarterback. Uh, covering Andy Dalton must have been your life stream. <laughs> the Red Rider BB gun, as JJ Watt called him. No bueno, my friend. All right, so quarterback. You're fine with quarterback. Yes. Uh, what stood out to you, number two? Any, the only surprise for me was that uh, Virgil made the team. Maybe I shouldn't have been surprised. He had a couple good games in the preseason. He's a fast guy. He's somebody that, that Hackett's looking for. I wanted Seth Williams, but it was probably personal preference, and that was about it. You know, and Hinton, let's face it, I actually had Hinton outside. I, I, I did didn't too. have him making the 53 because – what is the special talent that he brings? Talk to me here. I, well, I, what is what is it? So I, I think it's that affinity for being put in that awful position by Drew Locke and the COVID nightmare leading up to the Saints game. Mm-hmm. So him being put in that position to have to play quarterback. And I, what's what's screwed up is he doesn't even get credit for starting at quarterback that game. Philip Lindsay does. But I, I think that's what... I think that's where the affinity for Kendall Hinton comes from is being put in that position and, and performing admirably, not giving up. I think that's where it comes from, but I had him outside. He had a, a couple of drops. He really didn't do much given the opportunity. And I, the thing that impressed me about that Vikings game was that end around that they did with, with Montreal uh, Washington. I think that's just, I can never get his name right. But that end around that they did shows that he's going to be a difference maker in this offense, I think. And then as a returner. In terms of the moves that they made, the surprise to me was trading Malik Reed. And that was because yeah. of how much Baron Browning has flashed at edge. He uh he is going to be so important. I'm talking about Browning right now. Because I can't imagine Gregory stays healthy the whole year. And Chubb will probably miss a little bit of time. And now I think you've got an emerging star. Like, they misused. As brilliant as Fangio is, he misused Baron Browning. Oh, yeah, I agree with and that. And this coaching staff looked at Baron Browning and said, holy shamoli, this guy can rush the passer? He might be the most important breakthrough that we've seen on the defense just because of the injuries that we've seen at the position. And the fact that he balled out so much in preseason, I see it translating to the regular season. I absolutely do. And he did it in training camp. And that was when he was going against the ones on the offensive line. I mean, obviously, it's, it's a little bit different because they weren't in pads for most of the time. But he was doing this in training camp, too. So I, I absolutely agree with you. I, I think Baron Browning is the guy to watch on defense. And not, not just Pat Sertan and what he's going to do. But I, I, Baron Browning, and I, I, I think you mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and I think it's true. I think Randy Gregory is going to be more of that spa, pa, that pass rush specialist, mm-hmm. where they're going to be able to utilize him in 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 second and long, third and long situations, where they're going to be able to utilize his pass rush ability and let him get after the quarterback and wreak havoc. Because the one thing Randy Gregory can do is create havoc, get pressure, and cause turnovers. There is few edge rushers in the NFL that get, that can create strip sacks like Randy Gregory can. What else? Anything else standing out to you here? Um, uh, there's been a lot of talk about how middle linebacker, a lot of people are worried about it. And I keep going back to Elijah Evero does not rely on middle linebackers. I've said this, and I will keep saying it. Jonas Griffith will be back. I think he and Josie Jewell are more than adequate in this system. But you're going to see a lot of three safety looks. I think you're going to see a lot of Kareem Jackson and Caden Stearns inside the box to help out. I think that we could be seeing – I know dime is a possibility, but I would not be surprised with how deep and good this secondary is if Elijah Everett plays seven defensive backs. I would not be surprised. Seven? Yeah, and have one middle linebacker. 
I mean, that's if, that's if, getting if a middle linebacker because that's how good the secondary can be. You can load up two guys and and Kareem Jackson and Caden Stearns that are basically your middle linebackers, and then you have five guys on the outside with Justin Simmons man in the safety position. Oh, I got another one for you here. I got another prop I found on Bet Rivers. Patrick Sertan interceptions. I'm all over the place today, and I get it. Uh, Patrick Sertan interceptions. I want you to set the line, and I'll tell you where the line is. You set the, how many interceptions do you think he has? Because I'm hoping that they don't shut. He doesn't shut the whole side of the field down if you have the over bet here. <laughs> so I, I view a lot like Champ Bailey, and in Champ Bailey's best year, he had double digit interceptions. So I don't think I'm going to go that high, but I think he has okay. the ability. I, I think they probably set the because he had four last year. My guess mm -hmm. is they get they went between five and six. So I'll say probably five and a half. That's probably what they set the line at. I think he'll Three have and seven. Half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Wow, yeah. they said wow. I think he's going to easily. He go had over. four last year, right? Yeah. Is what we're saying in sixteen games, he missed one game. And he has better. He has a better offense now, and he's going to have yeah. better. I think he's going to have better pass rushers. And if, if this offense is as good as we both think it can be, he's going to be playing with a lead. So they're going to have to test him, and he's going to be going against receivers he shut down last year. And the Chiefs are without Tyreek Hill. Do we really think that? <laughs> That Pat Sertan can't cover Marquez Valdez Scantling no, or Juju no. Smith Schuster. Of course no. he can. He's he, he covered Tyreek Hill. Yeah, so he's have a problem. I, I I think he's gonna have I think he's gonna have between five and seven. Five and seven. I'm you know, I was thinking four would have been the perfect number, right? But it wasn't close enough. And now I'm listening to you and I'm listening to all the sense that you're making. And I'm going, wow, uh, this is pretty good. He's also 21, 20 to 1 to lead the NFL in interceptions. He's tied with Jalen Ramsey and Quadre, uh, Quadre Diggs. Xavier uh, Howard is the leader there. But I think that's pretty interesting, too, that he's in the top 10 to lead the league in interceptions. He is. Mm -hmm. He's going to, I mean, the thing that I will say is he, he'll have the opportunities. And he's proven that he can be a ball hog. So I think he's going to have even more opportunities now. Okay. If it, if so as we talk, yeah, as we talk right now, I am going to Bet Rivers. Okay. I am typing in the last name Sertan. Uh, and what, well, I have to spell it right. First of all, it's not, it's S-U-R-T-A-I-N. Correct. This is great radio, by the way. Um, <laughs> so again, he is at 20 to 1 to have the most interceptions. And I already got in 101 on the defensive player of the year. I don't know if I want to get crazy and invest too much in it, but you're telling me he had four last year in 16 games, three and a half at plus 108 here. Yeah, that's that, that's going down. Another Patrick Sertan bet, my friend. Another Patrick Sertan bet. I like Absolutely it. love it. Do you? Because I, 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 he's going to have the opportunity. I mean, he had an offense last year where they were either tied or the defense was uh, having to prevent any more damage from the opposing team's offense because of how bad the Broncos' offense was. If you're having a cornerback like Pat Sertan playing with a lead, you're going to have quarterbacks who have to take a risk. And I don't care who it is. Patrick Mahomes will do it. Justin Herbert will do it. Derek Carr will obviously do it. And then you look at the other quarterbacks he's playing against, Trevor Lawrence. So th there's there's all kinds of opportunities for Pat Sertan to have a monster year. Uh, well, let's see here. There's a couple other things. Tight end I'm worried about. Okay, that's the first thing. I, I keep saying this. Albert O, pass catcher, good. Everything else bad. Noah Fant 2.0, possibly. They just didn't invest the draft capital in him. Uh, would they they let Tomlinson go? He should come back. I just don't see anybody that is going to be a, a an every down tight end. You you see Albert O come in, they're gonna have to pass the ball because he can't block for hell. So I to to me personally, I get it. There's a lot of other concerns people have. Some people say right tackle, some people say depth at corner. To me, it's tight end, man. Everybody's in on Albert O. I think that's fine as a fantasy play. Real life, not sold on the dude. How about you? I I, I think what they can you what they can do in that situation 
is I, I, I <clears throat> you can bring Andrew Beck in and that can offset whatever they do with the formation if Albert O is in the game. Because if you have a fullback, if you put Beck at, at fullback or H-back or whatever you line him up as, you can then put him in motion to offset what Albert O is going to be doing in terms of his route. And Beck can help with the blocking in that situation. So I think it's just a matter of manipulating the personnel and the formation to not give your to not tip your cap, so to speak, to the defense. If you put Albert O on the field, it, maybe if they have Tomlinson, they can do the two tight end set. I, I don't know if Dol- Dolchich is going to be available for the first I've couple t- of weeks will, because he. Will you just get him out of your your mouth? I have been telling you this since they drafted him. Forget about the injury. Rookie tight ends don't make an impact. Yeah. Kyle Pitts did in the second half last year. You are getting nothing out of Dulcich. Maybe, maybe he catches, if he plays in 12 games, maybe he catches 20 to 25 balls. Maybe, if that. Maybe. So I so there are ways to offset the tipping of the cap. I do not agree on right tackle. I think for the first time since John Elway has been in, in Denver, and it's fitting because he's not with the team anymore, they have the answer at right tackle. Billy Turner is the right tackle. He's been in this system. He knows the scheme. He knows Nathaniel Hackett. He knows the offense. So I think they're set at right tackle. Anything else? Anything else you're concerned about with this team? Or is it just perfect? I, it's not perfect, but I think the one area that's going to be a drastic improvement, aside from quarterback, is special teams. I think the special teams is going to be something that we haven't seen since the Super Bowl year. Okay. So I am so glad you brought this up. They sure as hell didn't look like they were any better in that last game. And actually, the last two games, Nathaniel Hackett had to call out the special teams. So we'll have Washington back there. So Virgil's not going to fumble a punt out of bounds. But boy, there it was sloppy again. And if that, if that does not improve, and I get it, it can't be any worse, right? We keep saying that. But I didn't see anything that makes me confident it's going to be better with the exception that the same personnel is not there running the unit. And that's the, that's the thing. It's not the same personnel. Those are guys who are not even going to be playing. They're not, they're not even in the league anymore. So you're going to see guys who are on special teams making an impact that will be the difference to me. It's not going to be the guys that we've seen the last two weeks with the Bills and the Vikings. It's going to be a different set of it's going to be a different set of players. You know that Nathaniel Hackett is making this a priority because he comes from the Shanahan system. And Mike Shanahan, after every single game, whether they won or lost, always mm-hmm. said all three game, all three phases of the game were great, or we just didn't compete in all three phases. Well, Nathaniel Hackett's going to bring that back. So, my friend, what's going on on Play Colorado right now? Soon you're going to be able to hear your wonderful hit with us on Play Colorado. No, it'll be on something else. We won't put it on Play Colorado, will we? It'll be Mile High Report. Mile High Report. Okay. Play Colorado, though, I check that out all the time. And I know you're going to have something on the numbers, aren't you? As soon as we get them from the state, we'll have something up. And uh, at the very least, I I will have my... Uh, tweets out commenting on it. I think it's going to be, I think I've said this before, it's probably going to be around the 300 or so million mark. And then once we get August and September numbers, then you're going to start seeing an influx of excitement for the Broncos. That's what you should. Do you think people bet on the preseason besides for me? I think once they, once they realize that you can start funding your regular season betting with preseason bets, People yeah. will start doing it. I think for the most part now they're being probably a little skittish with preseason just because starters don't, don't play. It. You don't, yeah. you, I, I mean, books really don't know what they're doing with preseason football either. So if you do your research, you'll be able to come away with some nice regular season play money. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good. Check it out. Playcolorado.com. Mile High Report. I check that side out every single day. So make sure you go do that too. I like the four players the Broncos should consider signing today. I don't know who Tanner is, but I think he has some good thoughts. He or she. Oh, it's a he. And we at Mile High Report, we basically do anything and everything Broncos. And now that Russell Wilson is here, uh, game coverage in particular, I'll be doing a winner's losers for 
each game. I may keep, I may change the name because the Mile High Report community doesn't like players being called losers. So I'll, I may change it to studs and duds. But we don't do studs and duds. And don't say lose. There's got to be something better, buddy. There's got to be a middle ground there. Well, I, I, I think duds are better than losers. They just can't. Yeah, get... I wouldn't use losers because they, they're not losers. You know, I don't know. It's it's something you like. Everybody does studs and duds, though, right? Everybody does win, you know, good, bad, and the ugly. There's got to be something you can do. Like, what is who's the who's the worst player that you've ever seen with the Broncos? Oh, not a third. Because you could basically go Elway for the for the good. Whoever the bad was was a bad Broncos player. And then the ugly could be the worst player in the history of the franchise. Well, I mean, we, if you want to stay at quarterback, we, we've had any number of them the last Drew six Locke. years. <laughs> Drew Locke, Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, Chad All Kelly. All right, here's what it is. Zach Elway, Dicer. Simeon, Locke. You know, you got one guy that, that's the good, Elway. One guy that's the bad, Simeon. Loser, Locke. Uh, this might be controversial. I think maybe the worst player that I've seen is Tim Tebow. <laughs> I just <laughs> I want to cut that so many great things you've said today that's my favorite thing you may have ever said before because everybody is going to have a take on this oh, yeah. and um, the cult of Tebow is going to start the, leaving comments yeah. and reviews I mean, Saying I liked holding, I liked holding show <laughs> until that idiot Ian St. Clair said how bad Tim Tebow is. There's your new uh, segment: the good, the bad, the Tebow. There you go. Okay? I like it. That's it. The good, the bad, the Tebow. None of this studs and duds, winners, losers, good, bads, and the ugly. The good, the bad, and the Tebows. Whew. We'll leave it on that. Thank you, Ian St. Clair. Play Colorado, Mile High Report, and everything else. Tomorrow I'll be talking with Matt Humans from the Mothership from VEASAN. Uh, he's on the under 10 on the Broncos' win total. I'll ask him why. Thanks for checking it out. Leave a review, five stars. Say something nice. I'd appreciate it. And thanks for checking out the Denver CityCast. Presented by Bet Rivers. Thank you, Ian St. Clair and Stephen Jung.